Hello, this is Joyce Chang, Chair of Global Research at J.P. Morgan Chase, and you're listening to All Into Account, our global cross-asset strategy podcast, where we take a look at the key trends impacting global financial markets and the global economy. In this episode, we'll discuss the rise of impact investing and the top factors that are driving this growth. So ESG investing has faced unprecedented levels of criticism over the last year. There are debates on the merits of ESG itself, and an increased focus on greenwashing, which has shifted the spotlight to impact investments as the next frontier. The outcry over greenwashing, the calls for greater transparency, are coming from companies, investors, and data vendors, and that's led some long-term investors, such as pension funds, to increasingly shift their focus to impact investing as their ultimate objective. A recent survey of asset managers that was conducted by the Global Impact Investing Network found that 86% of respondents said they were interested in impact investing because of increased client demand. At the same time, we have to note that there are concerns about impact washing, which have risen alongside the outcry on greenwashing, with fears that impact washing could become the new greenwashing. So we're here today to discuss the estimates of the size of the worldwide impact investing market, which vary widely. We're also examining the range of definitions for ESG and impact assets under management. And within this sector, we observe that the social pillar, the S pillar, is prioritized. With decent work and economic growth and no poverty as the top two sustainable development goal themes that are targeted by impact investors. Now, this sector is arguably the S sector, the most challenging ESG investing strategy to implement. If you consider the um, duration mismatch between shorter term financial returns alongside longer term progress on social and environmental impact. I am so pleased to be joined by my colleague Stella Zhu, Executive Director from Strategic Research and John Javier, JX Hector, who is the head of ESG and sustainability research for Emerging Europe the Middle East and Africa equity research to discuss if impact investment holds the future for ESG investing. So Stella, let me start with you. Can you just start with what is the definition of impact investing and how does it fit into the broader universe of ESG investing strategies? Thanks, Joyce. We consider impact investing as a subset of sustainable thematic investing uh, with a measurability feature setting it apart. It stands apart from other types of ESG investment strategies, such as ESG integration, positive negative screening, investment stewardship, and portfolio tilting. And currently, ESG integration and screening strategies are the most widely adopted, but we expect to see growth for the impact space. So how is impact investing different from um, ESG investing? Generally speaking, ESG investing aims to have impact on the world by investing in a matter that incorporates environmental, social, and governance factors, ultimately to the benefit of the people whose money it manages. Impact investments are made with the intention to generate positive, measurable social and environmental impact alongside a financial return. So some of the key tenets of impact investing include intentionality, which reflects an investor's intention to have a positive um, social or environmental impact through investments. 
Also measurability, which demonstrates the commitment of the investor to measure and report on impact, which is integral to ensuring um, transparency and accountability. And then finally, additionality, which seeks to produce um, beneficial social or environmental outcomes that would not have otherwise occurred without the investment. Generating financial returns alongside progress on social um, and environmental impact means that impact investors will face even more accountability with the increasing vigor and scope of verification tools that is picking up Joyce. Thank you so much, Stella. So JX, let me turn to you. The estimates of the size of the worldwide impact investing market vary widely, and we've analyzed the range of definitions for ESG and the um, assets under management for impact. What is your estimate of the current universe of impact investing, JX, and the size of this market? Thank you very much, Joyce. As for every question on the size of the ESG market as a whole, it's a tough question, and we always find competing numbers on estimates, which may vary depending on the stringency of the definition which is used. So today, estimates of the size of the worldwide impact investing market are as high as 1.16 trillion in asset under management, which is approximately 3% of the total universe of ESG investing. But what's really interesting is the growth of the market. The GIIN, which is the Global Impact Investing Network, estimates in its most recent annual report that impact investing has increased 40% over the past two years to reach this 116 trillion figure. This number obviously includes different types of organization, including the global framework for integrating impact into investment that is now hosted by the GIIN following a transfer agreement with the IFC, which is part of the World Bank Group. And this represents a significant portion um, of the total number, as it has 163 signatories in 38 countries with 470 billion in impact assets. The GIIN itself is actually made of more than 1,289 organizations, and the average investment portfolio held there is 485 millions of dollars, but the median uh, is held at 62.5 million. So you see, there's a, a strong variability among members. But when we say 3% of the global ESG universe, it's because we also use a very broad definition of ESG, which is the one of the Global Sustainable Investment Alliance, which estimated that in 2020, the global ESG IUM reached 35 trillions of dollars. It is important to be a bit cautious with such numbers as the GSIA definition of ESG also takes into account assets where ESG only plays a very small role in the investment process. So for example, having a norm-based exclusion at the beginning of your investment process would still let you qualify. A number that we typically use to contrast uh, with this broad definition is the Sustainable Investment Universe, according to Morningstar, which actually looks at the ESG funds prospectus to assess whether or not ESG factors have played a central role in the investment process. And this represented 2.5 trillion in the fourth quarter of 2022. So overall, when we talk about the size of the impact investing market, I think there are really two main messages. First, impact investing remains a niche strategy within the ESG investing world as a whole, but it is also one of its fastest growing strategy. 
and second, to a large extent, key concepts of impact investing, such as intentionality, additionality, measurability, or also the overall alignment of this investment with sustainability goals, are also questions which are infusing into other assets and ESG strategies, and in particular, thematic investment. Thank you so much, JX, for just going through the range um, of numbers that we're talking about, because uh, like all ESG investment, this has been very hard to pinpoint in a way that is um, you know, really standardized. So Stella, let me come back to you. How is impact investing being executed? What are the historical returns for impact investing? Is there a trade-off between you know, positive um, impact and um, performance? Conceptually, ESG strategies are built on a financial-based analysis framework that helps stakeholders understand and manage risk and are backwards-looking, focusing on activity that's already occurred, whereas impact investment strategies are built on more of a comprehensive framework that weighs financial, social, and environmental impacts and is inherently forward-looking. In terms of how it's executed, impact investing has historically taken place in the private markets, so um, like unlisted equity, private debt, and is now broadening to include uh, public debt, infrastructure, and many other asset types. From a returns perspective, the Global Impact Investing Network, commonly known as GIN, released a report that shows that the best historical returns tend to be in the private markets, likely stemming from greater engagement. Investing in impact through private markets brings several key benefits from greater ability to influence the way in which projects are managed to greater likelihood of creating additionality because it provides new capital to projects that would not have likely seen financing. Jin's research also shows that private equity impact investments saw higher average returns and greater variation than did private debt impact investments. And Impact investments in emerging markets also saw better performance than did um, developed markets. And his data also suggests that overall private equity and private debt impact investments outperform the traditional asset class. Uh, but I think the sample is biased because the data was gathered on a voluntary basis. And generally speaking, comparing financial performance of impact investments to traditional investments is hard to do because of the lack of robust uh, timely, comparable historical data for impact. And also studies on performance have shown contradictory findings. In terms of expectations going forward, so a recent survey by placement advisory firm REIT Partners showed that of the 160 LPs that were surveyed last year, more than 90% said that they require impact funds to uh, perform in line or better than their generalist private equity benchmark. And within that group, 22% um, expect impact to outperform generalist funds. So clearly we're seeing positive sentiments here. And among LPs that have made previous commitments to impact funds, 85% plan to allocate the same or more capital to impact strategies than they had in the previous year. And I think that's because in the current climate, some investors are willing to allocate capital to impact funds as a way of mitigating a slowdown or volatility in the wider capital market and sees impact as offering advantages that offer both offensive and defensive characteristics, Joyce. Thank you so much, Stella, for those insights on the challenges to executing impact investing. So, JX, let me come back to you. 
the risk of greenwashing is consistently brought up um, as a concern by consumers, um, by environmental groups, and by investors. Um, and we see that investors are proactively seeking sustainable, green, and planet-friendly investors. So how have the concerns about greenwashing impacted impact investing? Uh, another great question. Greenwashing concerns are extremely important for ESG in general, and I would say even more for impact investing. Because if you position impact investing on a spectrum of ESG investing strategies, it represents one of the most ambitious from a sustainability standpoint. As a reminder, we see three core components to impact. One, intentionality. The investors have to state their intention to have a positive environmental or social impact through their investments. Second, measurability. Investors have to demonstrate their commitment to measure the impact they want to generate and report on it in a transparent manner. Third, additionality, which means you're seeking to produce an environmental or social impact which would not have otherwise occurred without the investment. So as you can imagine, intentionality is a pretty easy box to tick. Measurability is more challenging and time-consuming, especially if you want to take into consideration, for example, rebound effects of your investment on environmental or social matters. And additionality is even worse, as by definition, it is based on a counterfactual scenario, which in the case of specific asset class as listed equity can be really hard to come up with. Two other issues are worth mentioning with regards to greenwashing and impact washing. And these may not be sufficiently addressed as of today, um, in my view. First, I think there is a need to differentiate positive environmental or social impacts from sustainability, as sustainability is an end goal which um, looks at an impact, at a trend, and tries to assess its compatibility with a threshold, such as, for example, a planetary boundary. So to be very concrete, cutting your water use by 50%, while impressive and being a positive environmental impact, may, may not necessarily mean that your water use will be in line with the threshold that would allow for local aquifers to replenish depending on where you operate. And second, I think more work is needed to find ways to deal with what I would describe as impact trade-offs, i.e. how do you actually protect biodiversity while mitigating climate change? And obviously, there are uh, potential trade-offs to, to address. For now, greenwashing accusations are accusations that investors are claiming to do more on the sustainability side than they actually do. So it remains fairly easy between brackets to manage as you need to be transparent on assumptions and cautious on your conclusions. But looking forward, greenwashing will be also potentially defined as claiming that something is sustainable, while science could potentially prove you wrong. And I would expect such a tension to be increasingly scrutinized by the civil society. Thank you so much, JX, for those insights on greenwashing. So Stella, let me come back to you. What is being done to standardize data related to impact investment? Um, and impact investors often participate in a blended finance structure. Can you explain to us what is blended finance and 
um, what is the future impact that this could have on impact investing? The reality is that measuring impact is extremely complex because performance is twofold. That involves impact measurement and financial performance. Impact measurement is multifaceted, and some of the biggest challenges include lack of data and standardization, intricacy in impact accounting, and discrepancies in methodologies making impact investment you know, complex and costly for some investors. And impact analysis needs to consider multiple sustainability dimensions, which may be measured using different indicators that are sometimes contradictory. There are also relatively few mandatory reporting requirements and vast discrepancies and methodologies that exist, which can lead to a failure to properly measure the intended impacts and also account for negative impacts and unintended consequences. So this all increases the risk for impact washing. Jin's effort has gone a long way to establish an industry framework and resource through their IRIS Plus framework, which stands for Impact Reporting and Investing Standards. And so this is basically, um, they've built a global consensus on how to classify, characterize, and measure impact. Regulatory initiatives have also emerged to improve the and standardize impact measurement. In the EU, the taxonomy of sustainable activities attempts to standardize the definition of technologies and activities that can be considered as having a positive sustainability impact. At a global level, the impact measurement project is working to build global consensus on how to measure, assess, and report uh, impacts on people and the environment. And the Stockholm Resilience Center also provides a common framework using nine planetary boundaries for assessing the positive impact of a company or an activity. And to your second question, Joyce, on blended finance, which uses concessional donor funds to mitigate investment risk and mobilize additional finance towards sustainable investment, so those are becoming increasingly prevalent in the impact investment ecosystem, and it's typically used to increase social or um, environmental impact by accessing larger, more diverse pools of capital from commercial investors. The key challenges for blended finance include difficulty in structuring blended finance vehicles due to their very complex and bespoke nature. And getting structuring right also requires trust on both sides, on the public and private sides. And the culture clash can lead to issues with aligning expectations among various stakeholders. Lack of available risk capital is also another factor. And also, as this is a relatively new product, misconceptions that blended finance involves concessionary returns also hinder development. From a size perspective, our development finance institutions team find that 60% of transactions are below 250 million. So that raises questions about liquidity and also their ability to meaningfully reduce SDG gaps, Joyce. So JX, I have a final question for you. As the regulatory framework concerning ESG issues continues to develop, new rules are being developed that govern impact investment. Um, how is impact investment being regulated? First, it's a fast-moving market with innovative actors which are willing to share resources and create new frameworks. So I would be very hopeful for initiatives such as the GIIN to establish a sort of market standard or at least best practices the same way that the green bond principles did for the green bond market. 
It is worth noting that a broad range of standards have emerged from the Operating Principle for Impact Management, OPIMS, uh, nine impact principle, which were launched in 2019, to the SDG impact standards, which are based on the UN SDGs, and the GIIN Compass Methodologies, which is an extension of its original investing impact investing benchmark, um, as well as the International Finance Corporation's Joint Impact Indicator. So there are plenty of standards which are there. All of them provide frameworks which can be used for third-party assurance as concern over the veracity of reported outcomes obviously have escalated. Second, beyond the market practice, I think regulators are anyways stepping in to regulate the ESG market, and this would include the impact investing market. These regulations are focused on higher transparency on the processes and the methodologies, but also in certain cases on setting up minimum standards. Let me mention the FCA proposal in October 2022, the UK Financial Conduct Authority published its Sustainable um, Disclosure Requirement Consultation, which included the introduction of three labels for sustainable funds, and one is the Sustainable Impact Label, which specifies that a fund must have a clear thesis incorporated throughout its investment process to demonstrate it is achieving positive, measurable, and real-world impact. In the EU, impact concepts can be found in several regulations or regulatory proposals. In the Sustainable Finance Disclosure Regulation, so-called SFDR, investors have to disclose the principal adverse impacts of their Article 8 and Article 9 funds, and these are 14 mandatory uh, KPIs. And the ESMA recently mentioned that they need to monitor improvement over these impacts over time. Most recently, the ESMA also proposed an anti-greenwashing rule that would require EU domiciled funds with impact-related labels to meet 80% sustainable investment threshold. Well, obviously, in the absence of a unified definition of sustainable investment, this is not going to be hard to comply with such expectation, but still represent a trend to follow closely. Thank you so much, Stella and JX, for joining me today to talk about impact investing, which many think could hold the future for ESG investing. Now, while this sector is perceived as the ultimate goal, we can also see from your um, points how difficult this is to implement. This sector typically implies a very long time horizon and higher levels of risk. At the same time, macro trends such as the generational shifts we're seeing in wealth from baby boomers to millennials and generation Xers is going to continue to drive adoption as Fidelity's recent poll shows that six in 10 millennial investors actively use impact investment strategies. 62% of investors who've tried impact investing also say they're very satisfied with this participation. Thank you all for joining us today and stay tuned for more episodes of All Unto Account, JP Morgan's global research podcast series, where we explore the key macro and market trends impacting financial markets and the global economy. Thank you all of our listeners for joining today. This communication is provided for information purposes only. Please read JP Morgan's research reports related to its contents for more information, including important disclosures. Copyright 2023, JP Morgan Chase and Company, all rights reserved. This episode was recorded on April 20th, 2023.